righty, we are live, baby. The first Sunday night, sort of, football game of the season, the kickoff game, Dallas with a cover. Good teams win, great teams cover. The Dallas Cowboys found a way to cover. 31-29, the Buccaneers won that game. We're going to break this game down, uh, talk about it a little bit, and then move on. We're going to do our regular week one, week preview tonight. Um, we're going to go through the entire slate, talk about the best bets. We might even have some props we'll throw in there because a lot of props are live. That's the beautiful thing about week one. Props are out nice and early, um, so it's going to be a great episode. Let's rock. Oh, that was weird. This thing just moved. Uh, let's start with Tampa Bay, Dallas. Dak Prescott threw the ball 58 times, mm -hmm. which I don't know. Have you ever hurt your shoulder? As someone wearing a, what, do you, what are we calling this here? I don't know. It's like a pitcher's shirt. A pitcher's shirt. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least not a catcher's shirt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever, uh, in your uh, illustrious career, thrown 58 passing attempts coming off a of shoulder injury? I think I've pitched a total of like four innings in my life oh. in, in baseball. Is that how you got the um, shirt? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. Like, uh, no, I mean. That was, uh, and it looked from the jump like he was fluttering it, right? Like at times. I mean, Dak threw the ball. It, to me, the fact that Prescott was clearly a little slowed by the shoulder injury made his performance that much more impressive, right? Like he, the ball was on time most of the time. The ball was accurate most of the time. There was, it was sort of one of those, you know, when like, he, he would throw those out routes, right? And you're like, oh my God, that ball's floating out there. But the guy's wide open. Mm -hmm. So it's like he's making the right reads, making the right throws. And, and even the throw that he had intercepted, the ball like was his best throw of the night was the throw over the middle of the CeeDee Lamb mm -hmm. that, got, that, that he dropped and it got intercepted. So um, to me, the takeaway of the night, right, was Dallas is, should be the favorite in the NFC East, right? Like That's your takeaway of the evening. What what did more hatred for Ryan Fitzpatrick? I, no, I think that's a fair um, conversation. I mean, Dak Prescott before uh, grade review, which we always do on on every single play, five big time throws did have two turnover worthy plays, a couple of like not great throws. Mm -hmm. I mean, he should have had that interception in the red zone. Actually, I think he should have had two. Um, but I agree with you. It was clear, and I want to say on throws 20-plus yards downfield, he was like one for five. Might have ended up being like two for six or something like that. But some of those throws further down the field where he didn't have to arc it, like you could tell it, it seemed as though his arm strength wasn't quite there. And I agree with you. The timing was amazing. Um, the uh, I actually thought that um, the cover two shot he had to CeeDee Lamb that got called back for a hold on Tyron Smith on the left sideline yeah. might have been his best throw of the night and that that got called back so there were a ton of opportunities um that he took advantage of they also like for all that we make of how much money they pay zeke elliott because they pay him a shit ton of money like what i mean that was basically burning a game check so he got he had zero help um I, well, he got help. So Amari Cooper played a fantastic game. Amari Cooper he, played really good. He had, I mean, but we, he also had a lot. Of, there were a lot of drops out there. Yeah, but not Cooper, right? Cooper was thirteen for one thirty-nine on sixteen targets, yeah. and two touchdowns. Lamb was the one he got fifteen. Like I'm looking at 
uh, Jesus right now, but I could look. He had, I mean, Lamb's the one with what two or three drops. He had two. He had, but even then, he got like the seven for one hundred four, including the one where he got them into range mm-hmm. for that last field goal. Um, you know, Gallup was good until he was injured. Um, even Dalton Schultz had the six for forty five. Like, yeah, I mean, the Zeke thing just doesn't make sense. It's like, it's like get the guy out of here. Right, mm-hmm. like when you look at this, so Ezekiel Elliott tonight had 11 carries and only 23 yards after contact. So you're talking about 2.1 yards per carry after contact. He only had obviously the 10 yards before contact, but still, like you know, no missed tackles forced for Elliott. Um, you know, only one explode. Like he did have the one. He did have the one good run, but but that's I mean. This, I mean, look, Michael this is Gallup the worst also, contract in the NFL. It's not, it's not good. Michael Gallup also went out with an uh, ankle injury. Um, anticipation is that he will be able to return relatively quickly. Yeah, they that's get what, a long rest here. That's what Mario Pilato, um was saying. Um, so on PFF.com, you can go check out our power rankings tool, which includes the results from our season simulations. You can see the chances of making the playoffs, winning the division, winning conference championships, Super Bowl, so on and so forth. Dallas Cowboys, the favorite to win the division, but not a majority favorite. 34%, Washington 28, the New York Giants 24, and the Philadelphia Eagles 14. Um, that's obviously before this game. Do you anticipate that to grow? I think, I mean, I think so, right? It, yeah, this is, this is a game where I think a lot of questions were answered by Dallas, right? In the affirmative? Mm-hmm. Like, I agree. a lot of questions about, look, defensively they're going to be bad right and you know we saw some speed on the field we actually saw you know i think players making plays um players making plays but this wasn't just wasn't (laughs) enough they weren't getting they didn't get enough pressure on brady they didn't get they didn't i mean trayvon diggs got his hands on a few footballs they got four turnovers one of them was kind of end of half stuff but like this is the kind of game that Dallas played when Dak played a season ago, like literally every single game. And I feel like if they play this game for this season, if you look at their schedule, they're going to win more games than they lose. Like I'm, I'm fairly, I'm fairly happy. Like if I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, I'm a little irritated that you lose the game. Moral victory is what you're saying. No, but like Dallas Cowboys plus 150 to win the division on DraftKings Sportsbook, Washington football team plus 200 giants, four to one on pinnacle today, by the way, five to one. By, I, this is why because I, I was I was looking at that site. I tweeted this out because it was absurd. But on Pinnacle today, it had gotten to a point um, where Dallas was plus one forty six, Washington Football Team was plus one fifty one. Oh wow! Uh, Giants and Eagles both plus five forty. I I think t- I think this I think er- the other three teams in the division are clear underdogs now. The best bet of those. Would be the Giants at, at plus, plus yeah, five forty. Five forty. Um, okay, I see where you're coming from, and I don't. That's not my biggest takeaway. My biggest takeaway is on the Tampa Bay side. You mentioned the turnovers. Um, so let's talk about the spread for just. The, it's a, this is an important conversation. So first off, um, we have talked about this game and the spread of this game for like months, yeah. right? Our early our early pick when this when, when it came out had a teaser like a Tampa minus a half that is live with all the other ones. That's why you got to bet them early. The one that we that we gave out this week was Tampa minus two. The other leg of the teaser needs a hit for the teaser to push. 
but that's why you want to bet it early. That's why yeah. six and a half down to a half, um, you know, would have been a nice piece. Here's the thing. If I lost the six and a half, which I did, I actually, I still, it was the right bet. And um, it was the right bet because if you look at the turnovers that Tampa Bay had, they were the flukiest of the fluky. I mean, Leonard Fournette with a disaster. That screen was going to be like a 25-yard gain, and he just muffs mm -hmm. it and gets uh, uh, picked up by a Dallas defender who was actually about to get blocked out of the play. Um, the, the Godwin fumble, the Ronald Jones fumble, the end-of-half Hail Mary doesn't end up factoring into it. All three others were legitimate, complete flukes. And you win the game by two, you know, whatever. Uh, that They should have been favored by seven and a half, eight. I think that was right on the money. Um, those turnovers were just absolutely yeah. egregious. Well, and, that, and that's why it is so hard to lay points in the NFL. That's why, I mean, so you look at our green line tool. We actually, the only thing that it offered was a small edge on, a, on, on under. I actually... With all with all that you just said, like look the 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 total in the, of the game was fifty two and a half. It lands sixty. You talk about a couple turnovers that ended up giving short fields. Couple missed field goals. The total, like if you ra if you re ran this game, the total would probably be fifty three fifty four probably. And but it's also why when you're when it's laying when the when the line is seven and a half, you're just not going to be backing that many favorites because there's just shit happens right and teams like dallas like i i'm in favor of tampa laying that many points and, and i was anyway i we had a bet on tampa minus six from earlier in the in the summer but a team like dallas it has the possibility of backdooring you because they are so efficient offensively and and when here's a question i have for you when you watch this game tampa was clearly a little a little off in, in a lot of different ways in the secondary, they were getting kind of manhandled at times. And they got hurt. Sean Murphy Bunting got injured. Do you – but I also think that there there were flashes of what made this Tampa Bay team great, even on the defensive side of the ball. What do you think? Yes. I, my, my takeaway, again, is that I would not let a close game where they did not cover, similar to how I would not have let that get in the way of um, – me falling you know out of favor with the chiefs last year i would not let it dissuade me from falling you know or make me go sour on the bucks um the what i saw from the buccaneers was tom brady and this was actually our our favorite bet just got to throw it out there if you are betting spreads the day before the game happens may god have mercy on your soul please go bet props the tom brady passing touchdown prop of two and a half which cashed in the first half was easily the best bet of the night. And I hope everyone out there got on board, got their 30% off of a PFF elite subscription, used the props tool and, and got that one through the window. But my takeaway is that Tom Brady is going to be an MVP candidate. Dude is absolutely insane. Is still throwing lasers, gets it better than anyone else. Gronk can still play. Oh, and by the way, the best receiver on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is Antonio freaking Brown. Yeah, it's uncomfortable to say that, obviously, because of his, you know, the off-the-field stuff is just awful. But, like, 
But you're you're right. I mean, Vita Vea was picking up offensive linemen and throwing them in. No, I, and 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 Shaq Barrett made a tremendous sack at the end of the first half to prevent a field goal that probably would have won this game. You know, in, in hindsight, um, you know, I thought Winfield played. You know, the secondary looked kind of bad, but you're facing a, a passing offense that was amazing last year. Amari Cooper, amazing route runner. Ceedee Lamb, when he catch, I mean, is fantastic by the way Dak Prescott loves those two guys 30 targets between the two of them Um, we talked about Michael Gallup going out Um, it's not an easy and we know coverage um, you know is unstable from season to season I wouldn't be super worried about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the way that Brady looked um, those receivers fuck I mean good luck good Mm -hmm. luck with that anything else from this game that we need to talk about uh a lot of lot of field goals kicked by our our main man. Mike I McCarthy. actually so so look, McCarthy made some mistakes kicking field goals when he shouldn't have, and they probably gave the ball to Zeke too much. But I will say they threw the ball a lot. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> and they threw the times. ball, but they threw the ball a lot in. They threw the ball a lot in. They were down the whole game. No, they weren't. They weren't down the whole game. They were like in sort of neutral situation the whole. For they were the an underdog the entire game. Sure. Okay. But but yeah. Okay. But again, they threw the ball. They 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 were a pass heavy offense, which I think is a sign of progress, even if it's not perfect progress that we want to see. Sort of everything done. No. But here's the problem: they lost the game. So you know what the narrative is coming out of this? We didn't, didn't establish, establish the, the run. I think they're smarter than that. I I I will. Oh, I, you do. I'm looking forward to be proven okay, wrong though. Here's the bet. Tomorrow morning, I am going to log on to the internet and I'm going to find you. I'll tell you this on Get Up, if you watch Get Up in the morning, turn on ESPN. I'm going to guarantee that one of the analysts in the first round of conversation about the Dallas Cowboys blames it on the run game. Run game needs to get themselves. Yeah, I, I don't think that Dallas is going to care, though. I hope. How much are they paying, Zeke? I, I don't By the think- way, matchup of. Fourth overall running backs, Leonard Fournette and Zeke Elliott. As you can tell, it's very worthwhile. Let's go to the rest of the slate. We've talked about these games a decent amount, but um, let's run through them. We're going to pick a lock of the week, which really should have been the Brady passing uh, touchdown over, um, and uh, talk about our favorite games uh, currently on the schedule. Let's go Jets-Panthers. It's back down to four. Carolina uh, at home. Four-point favorite. It was out to five and a half. Now it's back. This is where it started. Total of 44. Um, money line plus 170 minus 206. I certainly would bet, as we've talked about and, and uh, a lot, Jets plus four. I also think the money line is interesting. Zach Wilson, better quarterback, getting points. Yeah, I mean, look, it's an NFL game in 2021. Total on this game is a little is not as high as it usually is. In fact, I think our true number for this is forty five and a half. So if you like, if it's at forty four, we saw it got we saw it get up to forty four point nine is our true number. It, it, when it got to forty five and a half, I think you know that's sort of where where we stopped. But um, at forty three, where we talked talked about it earlier this off season, that was certainly a, a good get. I, I just don't like I'm a I'm a believer that Robert Salah is a better head coach than Matt Rule. I think that Mike LaFleur is, you know, 
there, there, he did some good things in the preseason. That's really all we have to go off of other than the tree that he comes from. And Zach Wilson had one of the better statistical profiles of any college quarterback that's come in the league for a long time. A good offensive line. I think Sam Darnold is going to, as he plays behind Cameron Irving and Pat Elfline, is going to look over to the Jets' sideline and throw the bird up while Zach, while Zach Wilson is standing behind Mekhi Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, so... And getting rid of the ball quickly. And getting rid of the ball quickly. Yeah, I mean, if you're nervous about this game, right, the reason not to bet this is that, as we talked about with Mina Kimes on our previous podcast this week, the New York Jets' um, cornerbacks are uh, bad. Is maybe not the right word because you actually can't even name them. Um, that We just don't know anything about them. And obviously the Carolina Panthers have Robbie Anderson and, and DJ Moore, both fantastic receivers. So that would be the the worry there uh, bill Steelers bill six and a half point favorites uh, 48 and a half is the total any thoughts uh this is what this is this actually reminds me very much of this game that we just watched where I kind of like Buffalo um I think Buffalo outclasses Pittsburgh um but if you remember the famous game that, that got you drinking tequila, mm -hmm. Buffalo was two and a half point favorites at home. You probably get a little bit more of home field advantage now because of uh, fans being in the stands versus last season where there weren't that many. But has Pittsburgh lost four points of ground on Buffalo over the past, you know, December to now? No, I'm a, I'm a, I would be nervous about this one. Yeah. As someone that has backed Buffalo against the Steelers before, here's here's why I'd be a little nervous. We there's a lot of unknowns with the Steelers and what their offense is going to look like. Their offense last year was a pile of dog shit. It, that it was. It was Big Ben sits in the shotgun and flutters five yard outs all over the field. If they, they ran, I said this. I feel like a beating a dead horse here. They ran play action. 10% of the time last year. The next lowest team was at like 19%. Yeah. Like the Niners are out here running play action, like 35% of passing attempts. The Steelers can't spell play action. So if the Steelers and Matt Canada start running good plays, they do have receivers with some talent. Um, you know, and, and TJ Waddups has just signed that huge deal. Um, the Steelers also feel, I think, will come out feeling like this is a Super Bowl for them. And the Bills had so much success last year. Yeah, Matt Canada did show in the preseason that he was willing to, you know, do some things. Do some things. I don't know if if that's actually going to carry. Big Ben is kind of, you know, does Big Ben have it? I don't know. I think they're going to give the ball a lot to Najee Harris, which is not going to be particularly efficient. Um, but you know, the Steelers still have a decent defense, especially up front. The Buffalo Bills. The thing is, the last time they played, right, the first half of that game, it was basically an even game, right? Yeah. And then in the second half of the game, Josh Allen just decided, okay, I'm going to go one, two, three, and throw the ball to Diggs on Steven Nelson and, and Joe Hayden. I'm just going to go boom, boom, boom. And our best player is going to beat your defense. I think that's probably a solid play. Um, but, but, you know, will they be able to do that? Will the Steelers be able to avoid – uh, such an issue. What I think is interesting is the Steelers' left tackle is Dan Moore Jr. The right tackle is 
chuma okorafor. And Sounds like uh, like something you would take. Like, have you taken a chuma okorafor for that? <laughs> uh, and that would be concerning to me. Trey Turner, he of the 35 PFF grade Acorafor. last year, is their right guard. They have a rookie playing center and DeMar, uh, or sorry, Kevin Dotson playing left guard. That's not exactly like instilling confidence. And obviously the Bills have invested in their defensive line of late. So that would worry me a little bit. If I guess if you're trying to make a case for the under, that would be how you would do it. Um, but I, I do think you do. Have, I do think the under is the only play. Although, again, it's going to be really hard to take totals this time of year yeah. because you just don't know what the league-wide scoring environment is. Eagles and Falcons. Falcons, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, total on this is 48-and-a-half. Uh, I mean, the Falcons are going to have a hard time stopping people even though I like their offense. So I do think over is the play here. Um, Love the over in this game. 48 and a half. Yeah. And if you give me a straight up three, like, because I've seen threes, but they're minus 120, 125. If you gave me a minus 110 three, I would take Atlanta. Yeah, I get on board with that. I think the over here is a nice play, though. Um, I mean, Atlanta's got some busters on defense. Like, we, I mean, we saw Keanu Neal out there today, tonight for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, they do have Deron Harmon replacing him. He's okay. Linebackers, you have Alua Khan and, and Jones. On the defensive front, you have Grady Jarrett, A.J. Terrell at corner. Other than that, it's like, it, it's not good. It's not good. I, I'd be a little worried. Jalen Hurts throwing the ball over the place, running all over the place. I like, mean, or Jalen Hurts like having a turnover, yeah. something like that. Could oh, yeah, really absolutely. Turn the tide in this game, too. Who's covering Calvin Ridley on the Eagles? Nobody. Seahawks, Colts. So the Colts are now three-point home dogs. This number has moved six full points. I guess if you count the plus three, you, you yeah. could have gotten on Seahawks. That was juiced. Total is 49. Um, I, personally, I mean, obviously already having Seahawks plus three. I'm obviously not betting this now. Total of 49. Again, I think the only play here would be the over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I – yeah. For this game, Seattle's defense is bad. They just traded your guy, Akella Witherspoon, this week, right? He is my guy, yeah. Um, former Niner, former Toast uh, inhabitor. Um, and He did get absolutely cooked <laughs> on that play. Um, the problem with the Colts is, like, who's catching passes? Is it is it Pittman, Mo Alley-Cox? Uh, yeah, well, also, like, we haven't seen Carson Wentz play good football yeah. in a really long time. And and there's a chance that both of these teams play patty cake with each other, run the football. And even though I do think both teams can be efficient running the ball, um, that's going to drag the score down a little bit, drag time. So even though I think I would not bet under on this game, I don't know if I could advise people to bet over. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, Chargers, do, you, do we actually need to go through all the games? I don't know if we need to do that. Uh, well, let's that. let's skip Houston-Jacksonville. That let's, game sucks. Let's skip, skip San Francisco-Detroit. I know we liked over in that game. We're getting some market resistance on that. Um, total is 45. Yes. Uh, Washington-Los Angeles is actually Hold a on. game. Let me ask you something about the Niners-Lions game. Okay. Are the Niners a team that you're teasing? They're minus 7.5. No. 
Big yawn from the big guy. No. Did you have a coffee before this or no? I had a coffee like an hour and a half ago. Oh, Jesus. I know. It's we should have caffeinated ourselves. Caffeinated me. Um, you're not considering them. So you think that the, that the Lions have a puncher's chance? Yeah. Wow. Look at you. I would tease the Niners, but I like the over better. But, like, okay, so, I mean. Here's, here's, the, here's the, the reasoning. Um, not too dissimilar, actually, from my Tom Brady. I, sh- I don't know how I got away from mentioning this. Tom Brady absolutely murdering Micah Parsons on the field, which is what he did in that game. It was beautiful to watch. Heard here on this podcast that he was going to do that. Um, the San Francisco 49ers are going to look at the Detroit Lions, and they're going to laugh because they're – offense and what their offensive line can do and what their receivers and tight end can do and what their running back can do are just no match for anything the Lions have and to me that's this that spells kind of like this overpowering game and then it's Jared Goff dropped back to throw 45 times God help you in that case yeah I mean how did I not mention Micah Parsons off the top that was a blunder by me I'm sorry I, I just I think Parsons Parsons had some good it was it was very similar to what I said about the Dallas defense as a whole like they made some plays but they were exploitable like that was Parsons all game yeah coverage was not great uh okay let's do let's do Chargers football team football team is a one point favorite now this has moved the chart the the football team's direction I think as a result of the Eckler news as silly as that is yeah I mean it crossed zero. zero which is meaningless in the NFL almost um, I feel like this is, I don't know, I guess you're kind of a Chargers fan. You're Why? mostly just a football team hater. I, I, I actually don't hate the football team in this spot just because the Chargers are going West Coast to East Coast, playing oh, at 1 o'clock. Oh, oh, now you're coming around. No, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I mean, the Chargers, kind of, or the, sorry, the football team kind of has to win this game or else they're going to start the season 3-9 and nine and go under the win total even before they get their easy end-of-the-season NFC East mm. run. Um, but you know, all the stuff with Herbert is true. All the stuff about Herbert, we, you know, the regression, all that kind of stuff. Um, we need to see that not happen. Um, I think the pressure that the Washington football team can put on the chargers offensive line is legitimate and the chargers need to find a second option behind Keenan Allen. Um, now that Hunter Henry's gone and and Mike Williams, you know, has not, has disappointed mostly since 2018. So, um, I, you know, if I, I would say football team or nothing here. Welcome. I'm in agreement. I mean, the football team are, yeah. I mean, they'll have their day. All right, where do you want to go next? Well, okay. Uh, this number is this number is crashing. Uh, I do have to give my friends or our friends uh, the the deep dive podcast some love for this. Vikings Bengals the total forty eight and a half. Smash that under. Now it's forty seven. I think there's still probably value on the under here. Both these offenses are kind of poopy right now. And need to, I, I think this game is going to suck. I can't help but think that there's a little bit of, yeah, well, I just think that the Vikings suck. No, Both but like the Beng- like uh, the Bengals offense. Yeah, but is that, are you just, why would you ever use this preseason to judge? But it the wasn't Bengals even offense? the preseason though. It was the. It was what? It was it was the like the reports out of practice that the oh, offense didn't look stop. great. It's the fact that Jamar Chase legitimately, instead of just owning it and saying, I dropped a couple passes, he legitimately made an excuse that the football looks different to him. 
Yeah, well, the football in college looks like your shirt. Stripes, stripes on the side. Stripes, yeah. stripes on the side. Picture shirt. It's a good-looking shirt. Um, <laughs> okay, here's one that I really like, and you're getting like a plus money on the three. Tennessee laying three against Arizona is a great value, in my opinion. What do you think? The Cardinals. A lot of unknowns with Tennessee, though. A lot of unknowns with Tennessee, but a lot of known bads for Arizona, right? Like it's not Cliff's not all of a sudden going to start running motion and uh, you know being deceptive mm-hmm. and putting DeAndre Hopkins in the slot or something like that. Uh, don't get carried away here. Whereas with like, Tennessee, I think like you have two hosses at wide receiver. I know AJ Brown had to sit today, so that could be a problem. But you have you have two good wide receivers. You have Derrick Henry, obviously, and you have Ryan Tannehill. The, the one question is offensive coordinator, but I do think Arizona's defense is going to be trash this year. Malcolm Butler retires. Yeah, they have no Robert corners. Alford is starting after two years, I believe, of not playing. No um, Who was the other one that got injured for them? They have Byron Murphy, but he's a slot. It, their secondary might be trash. Let me ask you this. Do you think it's as easy? Because the Tennessee Titans have been the most efficient team using play action. Oh. For the past two seasons, they averaged like 9.7 yards per uh, play-action play. Last season, good for first in the NFL. Is that an Arthur Smith thing? Or is that... Because that's the question, right? What's that? Like, Arthur Smith isn't there anymore. He was their offensive coordinator. Yeah, but Downing... The, the theory is that Downing being in that room, same room that... So, so when LeFleur left... They they went straight to Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith was sort of like continuing the theme. He was just very good at it. I don't think the themes change. I do think they're just like when they get into that situation where they have to face a team like Kansas City or they have to face a team like Baltimore or something, they're going to be a little slower. I think against a team that's bad, those same principles are still going to be fine. And when you look at the Arizona Cardinals defense, the two linebackers that start – well, Jordan Hicks was a captain for them this year – so maybe he still stays on the field, um, but Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Isaiah Simmons, sorry, like I think they're going to bite on play action. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. In um, fact, we'll, we'll look and see. Some that. of this line movement, man, is not kind of sensational. Well, okay, so let, let's poopy. talk. Let's talk about um, New Orleans Saints, Green Bay Packers, because I actually I actually think this is this is a very good description of. Game the, being played in Jacksonville, by the mm-hmm. way. And the game being played in Jacksonville and the number moved from plus two and a half when it was in New Orleans to plus four, four and a half even at some places mm-hmm. when it moved to Jacksonville. And the interesting thing is, so home field advantage, they were pricing in at two points. So they just went two and a half to four and a half. But the problem is, is when you jump through three, those points are worth a lot more. So we've seen betters come in on the other side and take New Orleans and say, hey, give me that three. And I actually get it, right? So Packers on the offensive line in this game. No Bakhtiari, no Lindsley, right? So you're going with um, Elgin Jenkins, who's a great interior player, now playing left tackle. The Saints on defense, well, the Saints in the trenches just outclassed Green Bay in this game. On Mm -hmm. offensive line, they got Toronto Armstead, they got Ramchek, they got McCoy, they, they got good players on the offensive line. Packers are pretty good on the defensive line, but... I think that they're worse than New Orleans is. Well, the advantage, I mean, the Saints have a, a really yeah. strong offensive line, yeah. a top 10 offensive line. 
And on the other side of the ball, like the Saints have Cameron Jordan, Marcus Davenport. Um, I know they lost Hendrickson. They lose Sheldon Rankins. They lose David Anyamata. But they still have two good players, and it's a strong link system. So that that's a pretty sizable, like, collection of mm-hmm. places for New Orleans to be good. And again, when you get that three points, right, as the – you know, when you get through the three points, like, that's a pretty – to me, again, I like that number because, you know, and we've seen the number get down to three and a half because batters are taking the points with New Orleans a little bit here. Um, and, and I can see why. And Jameis just offers some upside that I think batters like. I mean, Jameis does offer upside, don't you think? He does offer upside. Yeah, like, I just keep looking at Marcus Callaway and being like, really? You're going to bet on a mm-hmm. team where that's your number one receiver? Yeah. That would worry me. The linebackers for New, the linebackers for Green Bay have never been good since you and I have been friends. And Kamara is the probably best football player in this game, not named Aaron Rodgers or Devontae Adams. So Yes. There could be I mean, again, I think I think Green Bay wins this game. I think it's closer than people believe, and I don't think a bet on New Orleans at plus three and a half is all that egregious. Okay. It's not gonna be a bet that I'm gonna make. Uh two games that have moved a little bit. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are five and a half point favorites. Was six, six and a half. Five and a half is where it opened this offseason, but it got out to six and a half. Now you're right with the Tyron Matthew COVID situation where we're going to find out tomorrow or today, it's Friday, um, whether or not he's available to play. I mean, that is a player that moves the line, right? Total of 54 and a half. Um, there's no way I'm going under. The total total on this game has moved from low 50s to now mid 50s. And I think a lot of that is the Matthew news as well. Um, the playoff game that they played went under, played under even with the, you know, I think if Henny still, I still think if Mahomes didn't get injured, they, that game still would have played under. Um, but obviously in January, you have colder weather. Um, it's a very interesting game. I, I think Kansas City... I actually do think that the betters that took Cleveland, it made sense at six and a half. The the thing that's going to be interesting this year, and I talked about this in an article I wrote this week for the for the website, Kansas City is the most favored team in 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 our database with five new starters on the offensive line. So the so the 2012 2013 Packers returned zero starters on the offensive line, and they had a seven percent implied probability to win the Super Bowl that year. Um. The Chiefs have a 14% this year with five different starters. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, that Packers team, by the way, went from 11-5 and five to 8-7-1 and one because Aaron Rodgers got injured on a sack that year. Um, but but it, is, it does show like how remarkable it is for Kansas City to have that statistical marker and still be favored against a team of the quality of the Browns by this many points. I mean, isn't it because their offensive line is seen as being much improved? Yeah, and I and I would say from week one to week one though, they're not improved. Like I think Orlando Brown is probably slightly better than Eric Fisher, and I think Lucas Niang is nowhere close as good as Mitchell Schwartz. Sure. And well, that's the real question mark, right? I mean, I think you feel decently confident that Orlando Brown is not going to be a total. Yes, you he's know, not going to be a trash fire. He's not going to be a complete clusterfuck. But Lucas Niang over there. Well, no, they, the center, right guard, and right tackle have combined zero NFL snaps. So let's take a look at the Cleveland Browns defensive line. 
Might I interest you in Miles Garrett? Yes. Like he's good. I would put Miles Garrett on Lucas Nang. I w- you know, and they have Clowney on the other side. And the thing, the interesting thing about Clowney is that Clowney has always been like, hey, he's your ace. He's not the ace here, right? He's just like the other guy that gets to pick up the scraps. So, but he's still an athletic freak. Like I would be, I would be nervous about that a little bit. Um, I, no, I'd be nervous about it a lot. And I think that the Chiefs are going to use the opportunity that they have now that they don't have really three good receivers to play a couple more tight ends and just max protect more. Like they have to almost. They're going to have to do that. Um, I also wonder the Browns on Travis Kelsey. Like they do not have good linebackers, but they've invested in so many good safeties. And just throwing safeties onto the field feels like the right move. They also, I mean, again, a master class in team building. Greg Newsom is now starting over Greedy Williams. Greedy Williams, a second round pick out of LSU, yep. no longer a starter for them. Troy Hill, I mean, you're talking about four corners who could start for anybody in Ward, uh, Greg Newsom, uh, Greedy Williams, and Troy Hill. You also have safeties like Delpit, who was a second round pick last year to go with Ronnie Harrison as well as um, John Johnson. Like they're going to they're gonna have players in the secondary that are going to be okay. On the defensive line, they're kind of gooey. In the, like, like Malik Jackson was a good player, but he's older now. Um, so I'm a little, like, I don't think that they have, it, it, this is a hot take, but like, if you look at the other side of the ball, Chris Jones, it depends upon, you know, Chris Jones and, and Miles Garrett are like kind of in the same equivalence class. Like our, in our top 50 players, Jones is 17, Garrett was 21. I think a lot of people think Garrett's better. That's fine. They're, they're, but they're equally dominant, I would say. And so, you know, the, there's, a, there's a meme that's going out there, like, the, or there's an idea that's going out that the Browns have a much better roster than Kansas City. I'll push back a little bit on that, but the Browns have a pretty damn good roster. If you weigh all positions equally, I think you can sort of get to that. Maybe. Sort Offensive of. line's better. Receivers are not better. No, I, I think that's a little, a yeah. little carried away. Um, Obviously, quarterback. This is the, the biggest question in this game. I think is whether or not Mayfield builds upon the great right. finish what, he had last year. What Mayfield does in this game. So I actually think this is where our lock of the week lies. What's that? Patrick Mahomes over two and a half passing touchdowns, plus one twenty. Let's do it. Do we want to talk about any? I'm all other in games? on the Patrick Mahomes show this year. I'm all in. I had a uh, uh, auction draft. I guess we're calling them salary cap drafts that should be correct here um and i spent uh nearly 40 percent of my salary cap on patrick Mahomes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a super flex league two quarterbacks so you know forgive me need, need to <laughs> um uh, no that i think that's that's a very good one let's go to um broncos giants really quickly giants are now a three-point underdog at home it was two and a half this was a great teaser opportunity um it, and now if you like the giants teaser just take them plus three take them plus three just i that that is kind of where my head is at it's also a total of 41 and a half lowest of the weekend just incredibly low um yeah i to me that's and maybe even giants plus you know on the money line plus 140 yep this is a game where i think you embrace chaos um, if you do anything at all, um, I'm probably off this game other than the teaser. Um, 
I didn't even, yeah, you know, that, that's one where I'm kind of off. I, I, I want to see like, and that's even kind of the same thing with Washington versus LA and Jacksonville versus Houston, maybe even a little Detroit, San Francisco, I kind of watch the game and see what's up. Like, I, I honestly don't know if, yeah. you know, there's a lot of uncertainty there. What do you, I mean, is there anything there that compels you? Like, are, like, look, let's put it this way. During that time slot, Green Bay, New Orleans is on one TV. Cleveland, Kansas City is yeah. on another TV. Are you even paying any attention to this guy, you know, this game at all? Uh, I'm trying not to. Trying Especially because now you get two Alabama quarterbacks starting against each other for the first time in decades. Miami, New England. Miami, another New England. super compelling game. Um, and in this game, there's a, another prop that I like, which is Damian Harris receiving yards at three and a half. I'm a sucker for the non-receiving back. I... Damian Harris has graded incredibly well um, football player. and is like, is the starter um, at a 90.3 PFF grade last year, like pretty fucking good. Um, just throwing that out there. This one is, this is going to be so interesting, man, because like I right now, I think Mac Jones better than Tua. Well, I'll say this. I think the confidence interval is wider for Mac Jones, and that makes you more enthusiastic about him, right? With Tua, like, I think the confidence interval is more narrow because you have more information about him. The Dolphins, although Will Fuller's not playing in this game, the Dolphins have surrounded Tua with some talent on the outside. Um, the problem is, is the Dolphins were only one spot ahead of the Raiders last year in yards per play allowed on defense. So we're 24th. Um, they're first in turnovers, turnovers allowed. That's why when you look at this game, like we like under at 45, we still like kind of like under at 43 and a half, but this is a game I do think will play under a little bit. I think it's going to be kind of a grindy game. Um, so for what it's worth, I, I think it's Miami or nothing though. I rookie quarterbacks, it's tough, you know, it's tough to back them early on unless you're, unless they're the jets and there's Zach Wilson to me. Sure. Fair. Zach Wilson's different, I guess. Zach Wilson's different. Bears, Rams. Rams, seven and a half point favorites, total 46 and a half. You look at these teams and you go, oh yeah, Bears plus seven and a half. That's a great play. I am, it's, I don't, I can't, I don't feel that great about it. It's like you sit there and you're looking at it and it's like, it makes sense. And then you go Andy Dalton in prime time and you're terrified. I... Talk me out of it. I think so. Somebody and I, it was Steve. Actually, we were talking in the in the and Steve was like, "The Bears are quiet, quietly gathering a lot of speedsters at wide receiver, and then Allen Robinson. Yeah, they got Brashad Perriman now. Yeah, after mm-hmm. he got cut by Detroit, they had Darnell Mooney. Um, offensive line is going to be an absolute tro- atrocity. They're going to have to triple team Donald, right? Um, Leonard Floyd revenge game, of course. Have you seen players like let's say eight through fifty three for LA though? Yeah, it's not. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. You're and right. I, I hate this because obviously we were on the Bears on Monday Night Football against the Rams last year. It was a, an, it was made illegal in Texas just like a couple weeks ago. I I don't know how I can you can feel good about it. But Chicago's the only side here. What do you, how do you, 
feel about the over? I mean, it's a low total. Um, 46 and a half. I, I like Chicago as a side better than I like the total. Interesting. Okay. The, the thing is, like, look, this, this is how I'll, I'll say this. If, Don, if, if Dalton plays well, the, the Bears might cover. If Dalton plays like horseshit, the Bears might cover because they're going to put in Justin Fields, and he might backdoor this. Yeah, that, that would be the dream, I guess. Yeah. Um, Monday Night Football, uh, we'll talk about it real quick. Ravens now without any semblance of a running back, although it might be Latavius Murray, might be... Um, the age of Latavius. Yeah, your guy. Uh, total 50 and a half. Marcus Peters also tore his ACL, um, which sucks more than... It's more impactful than the, the other. The issues. number has moved a little bit towards the Las Vegas Raiders, as it probably should, because of Peters, not because of mm -hmm. the Gus bus, as good as he can be. Total 50 and a half. I'm taking over. Going over. The Raiders can score. And the Ravens might score 40. But and, and here's the other thing about the the, the the other thing about the Ravens defense. Remember remember a couple of years ago when they had nine sacks on uh Marcus mm -hmm. Mariota and the Titans? And it was like, oh my god, this defense is it's we've seen how fragile defense can be. Because the, the the motto for the Ravens I, like I like I love the Ra I I actually tweeted out like I think the Ravens are going to get C.J. Henderson as a result of this, and probably fleece Jacksonville for him. But the Ravens win by playing such good man coverage that it causes the other team to hold the ball longer while still blitzing. And if you look at like number of pass rushers versus time in pocket by opponent, mm -hmm. it's a, a decreasing function. Right, mm -hmm. but the Ravens are the one team that stands out in that they send players and they still make the quarterback hold the ball. When you go from Marcus Peters to Jimmy Smith and Anthony Averett and company, mm -hmm. it, it compromises that a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. And that and we, we talk about their 2019 season, and it was obviously mostly Lamar, but when they got Peters, that changed a lot for them, right? They lose Matthew Judon. And I think we're happy with them replacing him with Tyus Bowser at price. Justin Houston's paid less than Danny Amendola this year. That's a great value. Pernell McPhee's good. Obviously, Clayus Campbell's a boss. Derek Wolf's fine. It's just that little extra, right? Like, I don't think that that pass rush is going to be able to get home against Carr in this particular game because they're, you know, going to be playing a man short at corner. So. I, no, I, I'm with you there. Um, let, let me just tell you a couple other bets that that I like quite a bit um this one might feel a little weird Tyrod Taylor over one and a half passing touchdowns is like plus 200 Jacksonville defense is not good they are not good that, that I, might be like to Brandon Cooks alone right yeah. um Aaron Rodgers you can find like close to plus 150 over two and a half passing touchdowns Kevin Coleman is going to start for the Jets at running back over seven and a half uh receiving yards um uh, there was another one that I liked here. Uh, oh, yeah. Lavishka Schnult, over one and a half um, rushing yards. Did not have a single rush attempt in the preseason, because of course not. But this is the regular season now. Um, by the way, you can go to pff.com and get access to the props tool for still. You can get it for 30% off. Go make that happen. The promo code is KICKOFF30. We will be live once again Sunday after Bears 
Rams. It's going to be a blast. Thank you guys for hanging out. Hope you enjoyed kickoff. Bet responsibly. See you guys later. Peace. Thank you.